Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Richard, good afternoon. Hi Stephanie, here we are again, ready for another exciting uh, broadcast out to our 20 million subscribers. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see everyone here uh, listening to us talk about all these uh, fantastic impact multipliers. I feel like they're multiplying impact just by doing the podcast. Well, apparently, so we've already got to planet Mars since last time we spoke, <laughs> right? Uh, um, and we've started to time travel, so we're doing, yeah, we're doing pretty well, I think, already. Um, but no, seriously, we're, we're, we're going to get dive into the last multiplier um, in this episode. And it's, it's a really important one as a CEO. How do you master transformation within the company? How do you create a systematic framework that everyone in the company can use to create the habits and behaviors that they need in themselves and in the teams? Mm. That's the topic. Um, it just feels... The, the missing element so much you know again we're so focused on what do we need to do mm. uh we don't really give due consideration to quite how hard it's going to be to change our behaviors to yeah, do how do you make it stick making it stick is hard <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> i'm hoping you've got another magic bullet here but i suspect it's not quite <laughs> that simple but um i'm going to enjoy learning about um learning some new strategies and some new ways of thinking about it just to help me on my way and hopefully help our audience on their way. Yeah, so it does, it is hard. Adult, you know, behavior change as an adult, you know, is hard. And anyone who's tried to lose weight, give up smoking, take up sport, whatever it is, uh, learn an instrument, all these things are, are hard to do. They're even harder to do in high pressure corporate contexts, um, um, with, you know, where you've you got time to think. Um, sometimes it's hard to do if they're leadership behaviors where it's not just about changing yourself, but it's actually getting other people to not realize that you've changed so that they change their perception and they start to respond differently. Um, you know, see, you know losing, losing weight is kind of a thing you can kind of do by yourself, but, um, if people are demotivated demotivated because you've been micromanaging them and you stop micromanaging, well, they might still feel that you are. They might feel because you're a micromanager, so they're depressed. They might have actually, they might not notice. Uh, they and might so, get confused. Or they might get confused. So it, it becomes, um, so on a personal level in organizations, it can be hard. And then on a team level, how do you actually get whole teams to change the way they do things? Again, it can be, it's, 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 it's challenging. Yeah. But I think there are some, some um, approaches and just let me give you an example. Um, 
I was working with a, an executive who was pretty much on his way out. I mean, he was on his way out. Uh, the CEO had said, work with this person on my team. They've got some strengths, so I, I don't want to kind of write them off, but uh, you know, I'm really not sure they're going to be the right caliber for this new team I'm building. And um, which is interesting for me because I often, you know, a lot of my coaching work is what I call acceleration work. So it's like taking somebody who's doing really well and accelerate, multiply impact. This is slightly different, right? The stakes were higher um, and it was um, slightly more remedial, right? Slightly more remedial uh, in, in the way it's been positioned. Yeah. And this is one of my earliest um, remedial, I suppose, kind of assignments. So this is quite an interesting one. Um, but I approached it with a bit of a, you know, a positive attitude, right? It was like, okay, this person is, is got to a high level. Yeah. They're already an executive. They've already shown that they know their subject, they know the company, they can create results. So they're not a low performer. Something's going on here. Yeah. And cut long story short, we dug into it. We found the critical behaviors that were really undermining um, this person in this new setup. And we were able to laser focus on them and create a sustained behavior change in just a couple of months. And he's now the CEO of the right-hand man, superstar, you know, the board above are like, this guy's incredible. It's just, it's just been an incredible, uh, very satisfying success story. And I've seen this time and time again now being replicated. So I think there is actually a bit of a structure, which is what I use. So I'm going to share um, some of the elements that I find when you stack these elements together, you get a really good shot at making behavior change. Okay. I'm looking forward to that because, you know, to my mind, what that story tells me is that the return on investment of effecting that kind of change is huge, much greater return than actually spending money on trying to find a brand new person who might not deliver everything that you need. Yeah. You know, so exactly. the ability to transform um, and not just in terms of people's, you know, your team's uh, performance, but the ability to transform something, like not just, you know, educate, but transform is a game changer. So, yeah, exactly. So it's, um, you normally not, you're normally not taking somebody who's like got nothing, no, no assets. Everyone's got loads of strengths, especially when you've got a reasonably high level. It's like, why would you just throw all that away? Because suddenly they're, they're labeled as not delivering. Mm -hmm. Get curious, like what's going on there? what's the you know what's what's the missing element what's the missing part of the jigsaw here yeah. that's weakening everything else um and we can apply it to ourselves if we want to get to another level often conversations we're having with clients it's like yeah well, what are the behaviors that i'm going to need if i want to step up my game yeah. and then how do i do that and what i find is that there are a few traps that, that we get caught into the first one is setting vague objectives so I want to be more strategic. I want to listen more, be more productive. I mean, that's just a dead end. <laughs> they right? sound great, but there's not much substance to them. <laughs> like, I want to lose weight. It's just like, they, they, we, if you want to, we need a game we can win. 
listening more you can never you know you can always listen more i mean you can always do more you know you can always be a better listener and in fact we're actually good at listening when we want to all of us yeah so it's not just a question of listening more it's perhaps listening more in very specific situations where we don't we forget to listen okay okay um and it sounds obvious, yeah, you need a specific kind of objective, but the number of leaders, the number of teams, when I say, okay, based on what we've discussed, you know, what's your action? Or what's your goal from this? And there've been insights and they, and they boil it down to some really vague statement, like the ones I've just mentioned. Yeah, I need to, I need to be quiet. You know, I need to listen more. I need to speak up a bit more. Yeah, that'd be good. It's like, yeah, duh, you've known that for years. You haven't done it, right? Let's really get specific. Yeah. The second one is, assuming insight is enough. We often believe if I understand, I will do, but that's not true, right? In the world of Google, you know, we can find out information. Um, we don't necessarily do anything with it. Uh, I, I, I understand that eating healthy is good for the health of my heart, but it uh, <laughs> doesn't mean I'm gonna stop eating cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, exactly. So we eat a bit more than you know we, we carry around a few more pounds than we would like we uh rehash the same old disputes with our loved ones we um you know we uh make new year's resolutions and give up on them abandon our diets we cancel our gym subscriptions you know all this stuff and and there's this idea of the planner and the doer in us right the planner loves to plan and make bold goals and then hands over responsibility to the doer who gets out of bed in the next morning and has no intention of doing what the planner decided <laughs> right the doer is lazy just wants the easy option wants self-gratification and the planner then comes back a bit a few hours later and is really fed up <laughs> so um so this is around we expect that we'll resist temptation and that our enthusiasm won't dip okay. and that's where the, pl the, the planner doer fallacy kicks in because we assume that we're always going to be the planner being strategic about ourselves but we're not we um our enthusiasm dips very quickly we give in to temptation incredibly easily mm. um yeah. a story of a friend who got to a hotel for a conference and saw a whole load of free kind of chocolates and goodies on the table mm -hmm. and said oh, i'm going to call room service and get rid of these because I, I know i'll eat them <laughs> and um and and said uh sorry about the dock cracking there is my phone going off um uh, so he said um he said yeah i'll um I'll, I'll get room service and then he said no hang on i'm a powerful executive i don't need room service i'll just well, eat them i'll put them under the bed forget about them and um you know i just eat healthily like i always do put them under the bed went downstairs got himself a salad whatever and you know he was good all until day five, you know, he was tired. He got back from the conference day five. He was fed up. He was feeling a bit homesick. And he pulled out the, the goodies from the, and he scoffed a lot of them. They were like boxes of Pringles, you know, he just ate the whole of it. Because we do give him to temptation. We just yeah. do. And, our, you know, our enthusiasm that the planner has set melts away easily. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I, we won't talk on to how to manage temptation until we're on to the ways forward. Let's, let's finish the, uh, yeah. I've, I've got loads of thoughts on that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, stick to, let's, let's stick to, well, so what, hang on, traps, yeah, but, you know, you're, what you're saying, the traps were 
Vague yeah, objectives. So vague objectives, assuming that insight is enough. And, ex and expecting you'll be able to resist temptation. Exactly, exactly. Right. exactly. And the last one is rejecting help and structure. Yeah. Because if we're high achievers, we kind of go, I don't need help and structure to, do, to establish new habits. Mm. Like, I get it, I've got it. I've understood, <laughs> I'm good. It's like a badge of honor. But let's face it, the corporate world is full of high achieving leaders who have kind of plateaued and are being held back by their long-standing tendencies and behavioral traits that they can't quite shake. And they've just become, that's who I am. Yeah. And they're trying to get around that. But we do need structures in place to help us. Yeah, I mean, yes, because um, I, I think uh, transformation is, is hard because it's not just about understanding where you need to get to. Uh, but it's also overcoming all the bad habits and all the things that you do without thinking right. and consciously making changes so yeah. that those transformations can happen. And not just in terms of transforming yourself, but affecting transformative change in an organization or whatever. So those traps, uh, they all ring true because they're actually the easy way to behave. They're yeah. the, you know, it's the unconscious i don't even have to think about where behavior yeah active thinking and active behavior yeah is consumes energy mind space yeah um and and we are all lazy like uh, our, we're, we're designed to conserve energy and so that's hard yeah and so if you can imagine an organization who actually on their strategic priorities puts like habit mastery Mm. because if we could help every employee in the company build the habits that they need to get to their next level or every team then you get this massive up leveling yeah and actually I, i've been very fortunate in that um when i was in um there was a at sprinkler we they there was a massive initiative to implement four disciplines of execution yep that's a real, that's a real transformative kind of change the way people think, create new habits. And my God, a lot of effort and repetition and uh, engagement and teaching and support and structure and actually really annoying rules. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, I think that's the only way you can do it to effect a transformation yeah. across an organization. Yeah. And I, I feel privileged that, you know, I, I experienced that and I was a part of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll move on to sort of the way forwards, but I, I've, I've experienced, I, I totally buy into the new habits are hard yes. and you think you've mastered them and you slip back and it, yeah. you know, you never yeah. quite master a habit. It's, it's... Exactly. But this is why it's a multiplier. You don't need many multipliers. Yeah. Right. And so if, you, you know, if we've, 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 you know, we've, we've been dealing with these, um, um, these uh, these five yeah. and like if you could just like keep focused on five or fewer and really say we're going to drive this right we need to master transformation in the organization right yeah. we need to create some kind of infrastructure for collaboration we need to be focused on learning actually the uh, all the business priorities will then work themselves out within this system almost by themselves um so how, how do we do this so i'm going to focus on just to make it clear for this, like an individual process. It applies also to teams with a few 
areas around it. Um, and as you said, implementing in organizations, um, it requires some additional infrastructure, but it's still the same kind of approach at, at heart. Um, and I've got a lot of time for those kind of models for, for disciplines of execution and, and other ones. In fact, the model that I use is kind of actually blended in a number of those systems yeah. to create something slightly more holistic, but very much on we need to change, we need to put into place that kind of operating system yeah. in the company that allows everything else to happen. Yeah. So the first way, so, so this kind of six, um, uh, sorry, five, five um, steps that you can think about. The first one is to find the behavior that matters. Okay. Okay. Actually find the behavior that really matters. So what are the stakes? Because actually, if it doesn't really matter, it's like you're not going to put the effort in. It's hard. So you've got to pick your battles. Yeah. We're not going to change all our bad habits. We've got to pick the one that's going to make the most impact. Because it takes effort. Yeah. It takes effort. So you've got to pick one there. The reward is worth the effort. Exactly. And like, what's the key one that's going <coughs> to release everything else? And once you've got one nailed, you can do another one. But <coughs> far better to nail one or two um perhaps related habits then try and do something else okay. and, and 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 do you know have 10 that you don't do any of <laughs> and so so when what we did with this client i mentioned earlier on we talked to stakeholders talked to him talked to his boss and really understood what were the behaviors that were causing concern or that we're raising eyebrows and also we understood like what's the stakes and you know when we first started frankly he was like yeah I love professional development Richard really happy to be here mm. at the end of my, the first conversation he was like oh you mean my career is at this, on, at, on the line mm. oh, this matters you know the yeah. the urgency is up there and just just to put a bracket around that um how many people never get that warning in organizations yeah. they're just you're all great it's great it's great you're sacked yeah i was gonna say I, I, you know most organizations are the latter really it's that uh helping i guess it's um identifying that moment when you realize that something has to change and as a leader you need help you know at any stage in your career you need help yeah. to, to reach that moment uh, when you realize something needs to happen and as you said, the, I mean, when, when it's really like that, when it's really a career limiting um, behavior, then you're right, the stakes are big because perhaps if we correct it over the next few months, we don't have to have the expense of getting rid of this person, finding somebody else, hiring them, onboarding them, going through their learning curve before we can get back to where we were. So that is one place it definitely matters for the organization and for the individual, but also for a company, you know, if actually there is a behavior which in terms of delivering on strategic objectives, in terms of motivating the organization, in terms of um, creating a different culture that's more innovative or whatever it is, those are behaviors again that matter. But the first step is to really to help people connect with that. Yeah. Okay. This is something I want, I need, but it's important. Okay, so find a behavior that matters. Number yeah, and, yeah, and then number two, identify moments of truth. Okay, okay. So is this is back. That. Yeah, this is back to, this is the difference between I want to lose weight and I need to stop eating chocolate bars at 4 p.m. 
with my coffee or whatever it is, or you know, my cup of tea, right? Or I need to stop eating cheese before I go to bed. So is that the, the motivation point? It's that it's the, the finding the moment of truth is is suddenly coming to the realization that something needs to change. Well, it's it's not. It's it's really the moment. It's like very specific moments in the week ah, where you where, get, where you have a decision. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got so it. it's really boiling it down. It, it's not saying, um, like, change all your diet. It's like, where are the moments of truth? You know, it's you know, dessert, whatever. Mm -hmm. I always have double helpings or something. It's like, it's like, not having a double helping might be the only behavior that matters. Mm -hmm. That would take me from eating a few more, few too many calories each day to a little bit under, and I might change the curve. So, you don't want to find the one or two moments of truth where that behavior is going to show up and that you where you have a choice a choice to change it so it's a way of targeting a little bit so you know you, you might have yeah. a behavior to change but you're you're identifying specific situations which you can focus on where you can apply that modified behavior rather than trying to apply it across the board across yes. your life exactly hard okay got it. exactly so with, with one of my executives you know it was like okay you know you need to i need to bring my points and deliver my points more concisely and strategically in the board meeting with the investors because mm. that's a key moment yeah if he nails that everyone is like wow yeah yeah rather, Insightful, than, saying, clear. rather than saying i need to get all my key points uh, my strategic points across more in key points more more concisely yeah exactly across everything just saying no in this scenario that's what i'm going to work on first and then you can expand out from there yeah, exactly. So instead of saying, yeah, I need to be a bit more concise or need to be more strategic. It's like, no, in this meeting, I'm really going to get clear about the before and after. Yeah. Um, and, and a moment of truth, it can be, it can be a, like an event, a meeting, it can be a scenario, it can be a person, okay. uh, a specific interaction, a trigger point, you know, what is it where this behavior really comes out? It might be when I'm doing a one-to-one -one meeting with my team, you know, when I deliver my weekly update to the leadership, mm. when I are doing the employee question and answer session, yeah. um, it's really getting specific. Uh, I, you really want to be able to pinpoint on your calendar almost where it's going to be showing up. Yeah. All right. Got it. So moments of truth, really, really important because it turns that vague idea of, you know, one like, be more inspirational or something, yeah. right? To, I need to be, I need to inspire these people in these moments for yeah. this reason. This is just a quick interlude before we get back to today's main conversation. To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we're giving away, for the first time ever, a coaching package valued at over $3,000. You can use it yourself or you can give it to a friend or colleague who wants to multiply their impact. To enter, all you have to do is leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or in your preferred podcast app and send a screenshot to podcast at xquadrant.com and do that before 15th of September 2020. If you do miss that deadline, then leave a review before the 15th of October and there'll be a chance to win a smaller coaching package. For all the details, head to xquadrant.com slash podcasts. Reviews are the lifeblood of any podcast. And so whether or not you're within the eligibility uh, time, 
It would still be fantastic if you would leave us a review, if you like the podcast, or if you see the potential in the future as we continue to refine it, develop it, and add to it. Many thanks, and let's get back to that conversation. The third point is then build a zero effort environment. Mm, addressing the lazy ones in the room, like me. <laughs> like all of us, yeah, right. So how do you make it, how do you, how do you set up your environment to almost make it inevitable that you'll do this? This is, this is like the chocolate scenario. Like if I don't buy the chocolate in the first place, if it's not in my room, then yeah. I've taken temptation out of the room. And it's far more effort to go and get chocolates when I feel tempted than if I just had it sitting there. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, don't, exactly. Don't buy the chocolate. You can't eat it, right? Yeah. When you want it, you can go to the shops, but that's effort. Yeah. Uh, and so the default option is, okay, I won't have the chocolate right yeah. now. Mm. Um, in a meeting, I have a concept called page two, which is take your meeting template. You know, slide one is weekly meeting, date, yeah. name, or whatever. Add a slide two in, which is a reminder of some behavior that you want. Now, it might be a, a team behavior that you want everyone to remember. So the team, you might put literally on the slide two, um, let's aim for equal participation from everybody. And that, okay. that reminder will just get everybody, oh, oh yes, let's just take 10 seconds just to check in with ourselves. Am I likely to speak too much or too little in this meeting? Oh, I like that one. I mean, that's, that's a good one. You, you see it sometimes also with, you know, cultural values or corporate values, that yeah. petition. It's just, it becomes, yeah. if you see it often, you get that jog yeah. reminder. Um, it just makes it easier rather than you've got to actively remember. Uh, what right. The, yeah. Yeah. And so having some little statement, perhaps something agreed as a team, a, a, yeah. a behavior, having it come up and perhaps just spending a second on it um, rather than just going, oh yeah, 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 and moving on, just ask a question or get people to stop for 10 seconds uh, or you know, delete a word from the sentence and get them to remember what the missing word is or just something to kind of act to get people engaged on that before moving on. If it's something for you as a person or as a leader, you might even just, you know, you might even add a blank slide. I, I think right. one thing I did uh, one thing I did on this um, which I experienced I, I, I went to um, I was there Ashridge um, do some courses and there it was about finding an image which represented sort of what hmm. you're trying to change or what you're trying yeah. to achieve and it's you know it, it can be an abstract image you know yeah. to find you basically creating an anchor which yeah. uses pepper all over the place and and just it acts as your prompt and your reminder. Yeah, exactly. So what I quite like to do on a presentation, you know, if it's for me to remember something, is insert like a blank slide or even just a little animation or even just like a yeah, random slide. And you either just skip over it to people go, what was that? Or you go, oh, I've got a blank slide in here, never mind, move on. It's just like when you press next and the slide comes up and it's blank, at least it just kind of triggers you and goes, oh yeah, that's the blank slide. That's because of yeah. this. Press yeah. next slide. So it takes one second, but it's just that internal trigger. Mm. Um, so it depends how private, you know, yeah. this thing is. If it's something which you want to be very subtle about, then you can do something like that. 
or you can put it in your, you know, just read in your um, diary, you know, that around this meeting, I've put in a, a parallel appointment that pops up a reminder saying, remember to listen more in this meeting, sucker, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, whatever, whatever way you want. It's that little prompt, basically what you're saying is, you know, that you're creating a zero effort environment by, by making it either difficult for you to, to do the habit you're trying to break or easy for you to remember the habit you're trying to form. Yes. So it's, it's, yeah, it's the prompt. It's the, it's the almost a little friction point, which, which gets you in the right frame of mind. Yeah. And generally what you're trying to do is you're trying to make you're trying to um, make it harder to go to the default mm. position the, yeah. and the, the easy option. Yeah. Um, you're trying to make that less, less available, less easy. Yeah. You're trying to remind yourself. Um, you're trying to force yourself sometimes. It's like, how can I force, you know, can I, can I like make a commitment at the start of this meeting? that almost forces me to follow through, you know, in that slide too, can you put a statement? Like in this meeting, I'm only going to, you know, I've committed to not making any decisions yeah. myself. You have to make all the decisions, right? And then you've committed to it on slide two. It makes it a lot easier to follow through in the rest of the meeting. Okay. So, so various techniques there, but building a zero, really giving a consideration to the environment that you're going to create for those moments of truth. Okay. So find a behavior that matters, moments of truth, zero effort environment yeah you said yeah. five there's two more yeah so the second one is uh, the fourth one is uh, anticipate war zones okay all right so well uh, hang on <laughs> well that sounds a bit scary <laughs> well no the war zones i mean and we've kind of covered it in, in some ways you know war zones are um you know war zones are really knowing when am i going to be tempted okay um so you can't always manage your environment okay you can't always manage yeah. your environment so yeah taking an example from personal life let's say i'll give you one i you know classic one for me all you can eat buffets you know i'm like a, i just like that's terrible for me because I'm just chatting to people and talking and helping myself in the buffet. I could pack away so much food without realizing it. Um, that's like a dangerous moment for me. So I'm not going to organize my own or you can eat buffets at home. Right. Yeah. But sometimes you, you can't help it. You have to go somewhere yeah. and there's no, you can eat buffet. So it's part of the environment you can't control almost. It's like anticipate. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So what, what are you going to do in that? So perhaps, you know, one of your issues is not flaring up when somebody challenges you personally, you know, you can't stop people from challenging you personally. How are you, what are you going to do? And so it's trying to identifying, anticipating what's coming up in my diary, yeah. uh, where there is a risk yeah. where I'm going to be in a situation where the uh, doer is going to just take his usual path mm. and the planner is going to be annoyed yeah. at the end of it. And so, and then think, well, what's my strategy mm. to anticipate that? Um, you know, perhaps on the buffet example, it's like, okay, I really am going to restrict myself to one plate, mm. you know, and 
um, and I'm going to and I'm going to announce and I'm only I'm not, I'm not going to do it straight away. I'm going to wait for an hour before I start. Mm. Um, and I'm, perhaps I'm going to tell my spouse that before we go, so that I've got somebody to go. Whoa, whoa, you know, it's not yet mm. nine p.m. Yeah, and I think actually using other people to help you man and navigate war zones is a good tip. You don't have to do it all on your own. No, exactly. You, you have allies, you know, as a, as a leader in any organization, in, in both your professional, not just your personal life, but your professional life, you will have allies and you'll have people who are also maybe motivated for you to effect that transformation you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and so as an executive, um, uh, if you can't look at your executive team and feel that those people can support you, that is a problem. You know, for me, the end state or an end state that I love to leave clients with is executive teams who are supporting each other on their own core behaviors. Mm. Yeah. They're backing each other up. They're, they're, they're giving each other that trust. That's back to that vulnerability-based trust that we talked about last time. I need to work on this. I know. Okay. And then everyone else is like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll support you. We'll, we'll, help you with the war zones we'll point out when you're falling back into the old ways right we'll help you on that journey so um so that's war zones right it's important to kind of anticipate uh and perhaps look at that every week you know put a little reminder in your diary what's coming up this week that's going to trip me up okay okay good 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 so last one then what's your yeah. what's the last 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 tool for our way forwards so the last one is um actively monitoring effort mm. um, and there's a couple of ways you can do this uh, the first one which i often use with clients is actually getting getting other people to observe their behavior mm-hmm. and provide them with recommendations not necessarily judging them on their behavior mm-hmm. but kind of saying hey have i seen what how much have i seen that behavior recently just have i seen it or not and then it also helps them learn, them notice your change, yeah. but also what recommendations would I give you for next month? So you get some positive input rather than just being judged about how you've not yet delivered uh, all the behaviors that you want to do. But I'm sorry, yeah. I, I guess this is about ha- having some kind of continuous feedback, isn't it? It's, it's the same principles as uh, the reason the smartwatches with step counters are actually quite helpful because you're yeah. it's non-judgmental, but you're able to see, you know, you've got an objective and you can see every day whether or yeah. not you've hit it. And yeah. it, that, that's in it of itself, the fact that you're being measured, <laughs> especially if you're a high achiever um, or you're being observed. Yes. Um, you know, we, we want to It really about. focuses you in, right? Because again, you, yeah, it, it's, it's helping create that zero effort environment. You know, you know that um, this is, it's an important, it's also, it, make, it makes it matter more. Yeah. You know, I'm actually getting a, I'm getting real feedback from people on yeah. this behavior. They're looking to see, do I have it in me to change? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the difference between secretly committing to diet and like putting on social media that you're going to lose yeah. five kilos in the next two months. Yeah. And, and okay. you're going to post your updates every week about what your weight is, right? Suddenly you feel some impetus to focus on that. And I guess, uh, you know, for some of these tools around sort of transformation and transforming sort of initiatives into habits and long-term change, 
it's actually worth looking at those kinds of organizations those are the weight loss organizations and yeah. the health and fitness sort of uh, gyms all the all the kind of tricks that they use to try and get you to to yeah. sign up and and stick to it and you know a lot of the things that you've you've mentioned around sort of zero effort environment you know actively monitoring you know there you can you can find all those principles yeah. in those things and in exactly you know, yeah, and this is why I've been obsessed about this behavior because I've seen in corporate settings that we miss this. We have all the strategies and we can't implement them because we haven't got the habits uh, in teams and individuals. And so my coaching, I kind of see it as insights on one hand and then behaviors on the other. You need insights to create new opportunities, possibilities, new ways of looking at the world. You can where everything can shift in a second when you get a new insight. But then you need behaviors to to drive that and, and actually do something with it. Yeah. And so the two really go together. If you just focus on getting new insights, you kind of still stagnate. And if you just focus, you know, with behaviors by themselves don't really get you there. Um, and then the other part of monitoring effort, it's really a self-evaluation. It's an awareness piece. So insight is, ah, oh, this matters. I need to build this capability. Mm -hmm behavior but the awareness is in the moment mm. am i aware in the moment of the opportunity to use this behavior and one way to do that is to really do like for example like a daily scoring so yeah. one thing i do with my clients i really i get them if they want to most of them do i have in my little app i get them to score yeah. um did i do my best mm. to do this behavior today now, do I do my best sounds a bit weird, weak, weak even, weird, um, but it connects emotionally. Like, did I actually focus on this today or did I just ignore it? Like, did I have an opportunity no. to use this behavior? And did, I, and did I actually grab hold of that opportunity? So it actually measures your internal engagement. Mm. And just by observing it, that engagement level will tend to rise. Just the act of observing. Yes, Schrodinger. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, but just by just by observing it. Um, the act of observation does change how a system behaves. Yeah, and yeah. just 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 if you observe yourself, you'll tend to realise, oh yeah, this is something which I, yeah, I perhaps I didn't put my heart in that today. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a bit weird. I, yeah, it's, this is important to me, but yeah, why didn't I really put the effort in? And so, and also he picks up a thing like you know, if you're finding that you're only scoring yourself two out of ten. Mm. then that's the coaching conversation right that's what's going on there yeah. you said you wanted to do it you said it matters yeah. and yet you're not, you're not really doing your best and so we dig a bit deeper okay. uh, but I think that is another part of the feedback loop as well so yeah. monitoring effort and getting a sense of um, uh, measuring it measuring your own engagement in the process is really important Wow. Okay. Loving those. So I, let me see. Uh, behavior that matters. Mo identifying the moments in which the behavior matters that you're going to focus on. Moments of truth. Yeah. Uh, zero effort because yep. we're all lazy. So it's got to be as easy as possible to do this. Yeah. Hack your environment. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hack your environment. Um, but then there's external factors. That's your war zones. So you've got to figure out in advance how you'll handle things, the external situations, which you know you're gonna come across or expect to come across. 
and then that monitoring which is the last point you've yeah i like yeah. i like all of those i think i think if you can um I'm going to try and, <laughs> this is where I'm going to thinking, how do I make that stick in my head? <laughs> but no, those are super helpful, actually, really helpful. Um, and as you say, you know, it's the multiplication. So it's the impact and multiplier. As you say, it's the insight and the behavior together. Right. It, it's not additional. It's, it's yeah. multiplicative. Yeah. And, and it's the multiplier because once you are, able to improve your rate of acquiring new habits and behaviors and once you're able in the organization to get better at that then it makes everything else easier it makes everything else faster uh, and that's why i think it's a multiplier it's not easy right and i stand by this little methodology it works i use it repeatedly it keeps getting results uh, but it is hard, right? You have to admit it, right? It's hard. That's why we need to really filter by what behaviors really matter, mm. really making sure that we are committed mm. uh, to the outcome that these behaviors imply, um, making sure the structures are in place to reinforce that, right? Um, and that's all important, but um, it is a fantastic um, lever available for anybody, really. And any any CEO, I think, looking at an organization should be really thinking about yeah how do we master transformation right mm. and in a systematic way how do we actually create the language again the culture the um, um and again i would always start probably start at the executive level right it's like if we can't grow new habits as a team then we shouldn't be telling everybody else yeah. that they need to but often that's what happens right normally these execs are like we need everyone you know we need we need to transform all these minions out on the front line, right? Mm -hmm. But actually, do we know how to lead that change ourselves? Okay. Right. So this is this has been super helpful and you know, I'm loving this this episode. It's a it's a great sort of topic to, to end on. Um, final thoughts or do you want to we've covered a lot of ground in this series, you know what do you want yeah. to leave us with? Yeah, well let's just kind of summarize what those five multipliers were. Um, and this has really been a whistle-stop tour, right? We've really tried to kind of set out a bit of the landscape, knowing that in the course of the podcast, we'll do a mixture of things. We'll be talking with CEOs about the way that they multiply impact, the way that they've used some of these levers. Um, and then we'll start to dive into this whole landscape of strategy, leadership, um, and purpose, and the multiplying levers that we have to create impact. So this has been like setting, setting the main um, areas of, of focus. We had eliminating noise, right? Which was really around attention and strategy and, and really focusing in. We had releasing commitment, which is really about releasing that energy in the organization. So we're not driving people, uh, that, yes. but we're actually releasing and bringing out that fourfold commitment that we talked about. We talked about accelerating learning because in our world, the ability to learn faster than the market, faster than our competitors is really important. And if we have an organization, propagating learning across that organization uh, is, is a really essential part of that, of that body, right? Of that organism, creating that nervous system within, within um, a company. We talked about friction and drama because that does 
yeah. um, that, you know, there's the, the collaboration issues, which we often put as soft skills, actually really are a cultural artifact. You know, we often the systematic things that we have put in place, the communication channels, the language, the uh, management techniques, they have a really big impact on friction and drama at a corporate level. Yeah. Um, and then this last one, mastering transformation, because, you know, even if you've got a strategy, even if people are committed to the strategy, even if they're learning, um, even if they're working well together, if they're finding it hard to adopt the new behaviors they need for the new world, it's still not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, that was a lot of ground that we've covered in those episodes. <laughs> yeah, boiling the ocean. Um, yeah. We can perhaps go slow on the next, on the next ones, but yeah. I think it, it's important to, to get the big picture, right? And, and, yeah. see, and see the potential, right? Because these, mm. are, these are massive. Fabulous. Make a big difference. Yeah, so I guess if anyone missed any of those episodes, um, you can find them on our YouTube channel, on the X Quadrant website, or uh, on the subscribe, if you subscribe to this uh, podcast. Um, and the notes, show notes are on our website as well. Um, so do go back and look and review and uh, take, uh, if you haven't seen the earlier episodes. Uh, Richard, any uh, final thoughts here to, to close <clears throat> us out on this great series? Yeah, well, we've been talking about, um, you know, how, how broad these you know, these things are, um, you know, the ex Quadrant Insider is the newsletter that I do, um, which goes at a, you know, a weekly pace, right? It'd be slightly, slightly more focused each time. So that can be another way of kind of getting more of a drip feed on this. I think these insights go in over time mm. and, and they drip into us uh, and, and become part of how we think. Um, what I would say is leaders go first. And so when we've been talking about behaviors, I'd ask what's your behavior barrier, hmm. right? What's the one behavior which would make all the difference in you? And that's a question just to really pause on. It might be in your car or wherever you're listening to this and lots of things going on around you. But rather than going on to the next podcast, I'd perhaps just pause and go, you know, what's the one behavior that if I could shift that would actually do one of these things. It would eliminate noise. It would release more commitment. It would accelerate the learning. It would reduce friction and drama in my organization. And where's the area where as an executive, you need to focus because that's going to change everything. Yeah, and I guess if you need help finding, figuring it out, because that's not an obvious thing to figure out either in terms of your, your behavior barrier. Um, there is a certain level of self-awareness and you know, objective self-awareness, which is hard to achieve. Mm. So, you know, that's where uh, there's a whole ecosystem around you in terms of uh, people that you can just ask. Yeah, absolutely. And, and perhaps the final thing is, having reviewed this, series you reach out to um us if you've got particular questions or areas you'd like to, to deep, dig more deeply into in the future right this has been setting out as i said a bit of the landscape mm -hmm. but there's all sorts of areas in that that i think merit a lot of a deeper focus so love to hear um what's been helpful where we've skipped over things too fast where we spent too much time on things if you'd love to get any of that feedback so do uh, find us on social media or email or on the website and let us know because as we want to shape this journey uh, on the podcast to really focus on 
the most helpful things uh, for you as a listener right now. Thank you very much, Richard. I've really enjoyed these conversations. Yeah, thanks to Stephanie. Well, it marks the end of our first season, so uh, we can always go and open ourselves a bottle of champagne or eat some cheese that's not loud or whatever it is. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. It's been a fantastic conversation. Um, thanks for pushing me and keeping me uh, down the straight and narrow on this. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been fun for me too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in a position of top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? Well, this is what we do. If you'd like to know more about our community of extraordinary leaders, visit us at xquadrant.com.